Hello and welcome to a live version of Upon Further Review uh, here on the StreamYard platform alongside Eric Dukevich. I'm the coach Shannon Griffith and we're coming to you live for uh, this kind of a summer recap, uh, an early look at to what we're going to see looking forward here uh, come the start of the season. We're going to be joined by uh, Snyder head football coach Kurt Titman here a little bit later on, but uh, Eric, a little, little earlier than we normally do these things, <laughs> middle of July, and uh, matter of fact, it's my birthday today, so yeah, happy, birthday. Bir happy birthday to me. The old man is 56, but uh, I guess the biggest thing from your perspective, what are some things that uh, maybe you've heard throughout the summer that uh kids are looking forward to this season well yeah well first of all happy birthday good to be back here with you we had one season under our belt last year so we're back at it um and looking in uh, again this summer um and exciting to to have another season of a pond for the review and, and all the different things that we do together yeah i mean the summer has flown by the season flew by the school year flew by we like we always say here we are in the summer again and i think um, what jumps out to me so far is is I think the big story in our city is going to be the return of Carroll. They get down to the 6A state championship uh, a year ago uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium. They fall uh, in that final. And uh, for them, it was that dream season. I mean, they came off the adversity uh, of this time last year, dealing with the passing of Owen Sheely. Uh, and just rode a lot of those emotions uh, to Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, and then they, you know, uh, looking at them over the summer, Coach, you know, they were really impressive at the PSM 7-on-7. Seven seven. I know they won that running away. They also looked really good at their own uh, Summit City shootout at Carroll 7-on-7. Seven seven. So I think for me that's kind of the big question uh, is, is where does, does Carol pick up, pick up from where it left off a year ago. And I think that that's to me, the most intriguing uh, storyline coming into last year, because Jimmy Sullivan is still there. Uh, Hanson Hafner is still there. Uh, and a lot of those guys are still there that, that we've seen, um, year, you know, the last couple of years, just, uh, look really good and kind of become that team in the area, um, and, and looking to get back down and, and make a deep run for sure. Yeah. And, you know, now that there's a lot of changes that have occurred over the years that gives coaches more hands on with the kids throughout the summer, of course, a lot of them now are just coming out of the camp season, the moratorium, and now they're starting to gear up uh, to getting towards the preseason camp of things. But, you know, we're going to talk a little bit here. Uh, about the conference schedules and how that's changed from over the years because we got now the non-conference schedule. And, you know, who better else to kind of give us a lowdown on all that is Snyderhead football coach Kurt Tipman. Kurt, welcome. Thanks for coming on here on a quote-unquote live version of <laughs> Upon Further Review. So we're either going to crash and burn or we're going to come out <laughs> smelling like roses. But uh, – First and foremost, I'm sure you've had a great summer. Well, it's good to be uh, talking football with you guys here. Still yeah. July, but uh, the summer's, you know, 
nowadays seem more and more like the beginning of football season. So yeah, certainly close to being upon us. Yeah. We've had a good summer. I feel like we've been productive and, you know, ready to get, get into August and September. Let me ask you this, and maybe you can kind of give a brief synopsis of kind of what your schedule is from that end of school there in the May and how it transitions to, you know, into the June. And then of course now, and how that leads up to, you know, your official camp starting uh, dates and such. So, you know, because I think a lot has changed over the years uh, where you coaches get a little bit more hands-on with your kids through the summer. Yeah, it has changed a lot, but I, I would say that, you know, as coaches, you got to be careful because, you know, um, although the rules allow you to do a whole lot more football, um, I don't know that it's always wise to extend high school kids two more months into a season and expect them to be fresh, you know, at the most crucial point in the season, you know, in October and November. So, yeah, although we've increased the amount of things that we we do, we also are very very vigilant about making sure that it's not something that, you know, we're, we're dragging on them all month of June and July and banging into each other and, and doing a bunch of that, that by the time we get around to the crucial part of the season, they're worn out, you know, and uh, we kind of pride our, ourselves and in, in, in our program and being at our best when it comes to those championship type game settings in October and November. And to make a long, tournament run um you can't underestimate you know kids want to keep coming out and practicing each week because if they're tired and they're worn out and they're just they're tired of crashing into people you're not gonna have your best performances on friday night so i i think the last three years we don't use all the opportunities that are available to us because of that but we try to balance you know getting teaching and and installations and things where you do have more time and you you're not as i guess it's not a as important to get the number of reps um as it would be when we used to start installing in august um more along the lines of what shannon i know you know about with spring football you know you've had yeah you got more time you can relax a little bit you can really be thorough about teaching um and not we're not so concerned about crashing into people. Um, you know, it's, it's something that we try to bounce. We don't do a lot of scrimmages against other people. Um, you know, we do pick and choose what we want to do to, you know, to suit what our goals are. Um, so we do do some scrimmages and, you know, like I said, we participated in the PSM seven on seven and we usually, you know, we might do one seven on seven a year, you know, but mm-hmm. not every year do we do that just kind of fit wait to see what fits our schedule. So it's really a balancing, uh, a bunch of balancing decisions as to how much that we want to do. Some of it depends on the team you had last year. We had a whole bunch of quarterback receivers returning with experience this year. We don't. So, I mean, that went into some of the decisions we make as to how much we do. Now is June for you uh, and your kids pretty much, you know, that first part of June, you know, go to camps, get out, you know, do what you want to do as far as, you know, uh, an IU camp or a Ball State camp or back in the day when I was still involved heavily with it, the Bishop Dullahan camp. 
is that kind of what the month of June is, you know, that you guys try to utilize some of that for, for the kids? Well, our, our first priority is we work out five days a week. We're lifting and running five days a week. And we do something at Snyder that is kind of all sport inclusive. So in the mornings, all athletes are there working out and we do a speed agility program and endurance program and strength program. Uh, we operate it five days a week. So that's, that's our number one priority for the summer. Um, and then we kind of operate um, kind of like an NFL model where we do mini camps. So at the beginning okay. of June, we have a mini camp where we do a, you know, a, a schedule of installation. And then, um, you know, we rep some things through some practices through June. And at the end of June, we do a second mini camp and then we do another one in July. So we kind of spread out our installations over three periods. And in between those periods, you know, we do some practicing. We do do a scrimmage day down in Indianapolis. And then, you know, those, those are during the week. And then the kids pick out, you know, which camps they're going to go to, um, Sometimes we take groups of kids, uh, but as far as the whole team, we go to our own camp. We kind of do our own camp at Taylor University where we just go there for three days, two nights, nothing but team and football for, for the, that time period. We don't scrimmage against anybody, but it's really one of the best things we do about building team, finding out who you are, who your leaders are, uh, establishing you know what the identity of that next year's team's going to be. And we've done that for 15 years and something that we really, really, really come out of thinking that we know who our team's going to be and, you know, at least what kinds of things we think are our strengths and weaknesses. And, and then, you know, we go about our schedule of teaching things. So, you know, that's kind of our priority. Make sure we're in physical shape, um, but also, you know, a, a very uh, regimented schedule of teaching and learning and installation. Snyder head coach Kurt Tittman joining us here on the Upon Further Review. Coach, talking about the X's and O's, looking at your team this year, you know, we have media day coming up uh, this Friday. You're going to get that question, uh, this question probably all day. But the run to semi-state last year, you guys come up a little short in, in overtime. What has that done for your team coming back this year as far as motivation or fuel or or at you and your coaching staff, what do you, an experience like that, what do you, how do you apply it as you come back coming in June, July, and, and, and as this season approaches? Well, there's probably not a day I've not thought of fourth and nine on the nine. <laughs> first and goal on the five with, and get no points. So, um, I mean, it's posted in our weight room. It's something that we talk about um, routinely, but it's in the back of, my mind all the time and what we do and we were inches away from from punching our ticket and you know we just didn't get the job done and um you know anytime you're in that close of a situation and you return players that experience that you know that, that makes them hungry throughout the offseason but every year is a new group they have new goals they have new identities who the who the top players are going to be who the who the guys on the field are going to be. And you have young guys coming up that have to learn from the guys that are experienced. And so, you know, although those things are in the back of our mind, it's not, it's not, you know, talked about daily. What's talked about daily is getting stronger, getting faster, getting more athletic, learning the scheme. And, you know, the summer isn't about 
finding out who the starter is going to be. It's just about, you know, making sure kids um, three, four, five deep, whatever it is at each position, get plenty of opportunities to learn it, rep it, you know, and then when we get into the end of the summer in August, we start making decisions about who's going to be out there and, and what it's going to look like. But, you know, it's, it's stuff that's motivating. And, and when you're that close, I think it, it it's a benefit because, you know, everybody's got a bad taste in their mouth and, you know, they know they, they were that close, but um, it takes, you know, football's a game of inches and um, your effort every day correlates to success in November. And that's what we got to think about tomorrow, July 17th, our effort um, in our workouts tomorrow has impact on what we're going to do in November. And that's the kind of the way we approach it. Sure. Coach, this new schedule, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the divisions in the SAC now with that, they're breaking them up, and then that adds to the, you know, two out-of-conference games for, for just about everybody. I think Northrop and Wayne are the only ones that only have the one out-of-conference game. But for you, you know, you pick up Warren Central, you pick up East Noble, you know, going for the jugular right off the bat. Just talk about that part of the process in opening those two weeks up and what that's allowed – you is from a scheduling standpoint to do and really the goal of, of, of getting a team like Warren central, you know, in week one. Well, it was, um, it was a goal of ours to, you know, go against the best in the state, um, you know, to, to pick great programs that would be as competitive a situation as we could imagine. Um, you know, the, the first two games, it's kind of cool. No non-conference. They have no impact on your conference, um, you know, standings. And it's a great opportunity to, to really develop. And back um, when I first took over as a head coach, we were in the midst of when Harding and Elmhurst closed, we had four years of non-conference games, two, two non-conference games. And, um, you know, we were fortunate to, to schedule Penn during those four years, Indianapolis Cathedral. Um, and we really, really benefited from those experiences. Now, they weren't at the beginning of the season. They were spread out. They were kind of in the middle of the season. But every time we played those programs, you know, we learned so much about our, our own team and what we needed to work on and, you know, we had some successful years in the playoffs in those, those uh, four years. And I think a lot of that had to do with what we gained from those non-conference really high competitive game situations. So that was our goal. And I think we found that certainly Warren central, um, you know, is going to be in the top three, probably in six a um, in the preseason rankings. Um, you know, it rekindles a, a relationship we've had with Warren. We used to play them in the regular season back in the eighties and um, early 90s you know it was always game nine on our schedule the last game of the season so you know I did that as a player at Snyder I remembered making that trip down to Warren and them coming to us and, and then it continued and uh, it was just you know it was a good rivalry and you know pretty balanced uh, we played them in the, the state championship game in 2004 um, and always have had a, a lot of respect for the way they do things and you know, they've won multiple, multiple state championships in 6A. And, you know, they're one of the, the best programs in the state, you know, most most successful programs in the state. And so it was a really 
good to get them. Now they got some dudes <laughs> as we start scouting them. You know that that decision back in March, you know, is a little different when you're getting ready to play them in, in the first game of August. And then East Noble always had great amount of respect for Coach Amstutz and, and their program. And we've done things with them in the summer because of that. Uh, we've we've scrimmaged them each of the probably for the past six or seven years. We've got together late in the summer and had a scrimmage and. You know, well coached, very successful, and I think we hit a home run with that. You know, two communities that I think will be uh, both home and away will be well attended, and you know, it's something that um, the Kendallville and the Fort Wayne community can get around, and you know, it just should be a good game. You know, we're going to play them for four years, so something that we're really looking forward to as well. So I think we hit, you know, we hit the exact goals we wanted to when, when the non-conference format came about and uh, we couldn't be happier with you know the scheduling of it now we'll see what the results are but you know whatever happens you know we'll learn a lot from it and be able to apply that to our you know very tough SAC schedule and then the playoffs you know Kurt I think um you know this the way things have gone over for the I don't know better part of the last 10 years or more you didn't have these non-conference games. Was this something that internally you coaches talked about wanting to do and uh, asking the athlete, you know, athletic directors and, and of course the the principals and things of that nature go into this decision. This just doesn't happen, you know, sitting around a table say, hey, let's go with non-conference schedule. Kind of, kind of how how did this all come about? Where you went to these? opportunities and discuss doing the divisions and such well you know there's a couple occasions throughout the year that the coaches are in the same room in person and you know some of that um is the all conference meeting that we have at the end of the season and and then we scheduled some other meetings um and, and i'll tell you it was brought up originally by um roosevelt norfleet at when he was the head coach at Southside, and it wasn't about non-conference as much as it was splitting the sac into a big division and a small division. And uh -huh. then, you know, with that came the opportunity for non-conference. And I think the non-conference game, you know, no matter which school it was, was attractive because, you know, whether I'm a smaller school in the SAC, I have a chance to play some of those smaller schools that are more like me. If I'm a big school and I have to play a bunch of smaller schools in the SAC conference, it's a chance for me to play schools that, more resemble what we're going to see in the playoffs. And one of the unique things about the SAC is the diversity in the size of the schools. Yet still very competitive, right. but, you know, spanning everywhere from 2A to 6A. And I don't know that there's a conference in the state quite like that where your 2A team is very capable of winning the conference as they did uh, <clears throat> a couple years ago. Right. And, and your 6A team um, are battling for a 6A championship like we had last year and then uh -huh. everything in between. So, uh, you know, it's a really good conference, but it, it appealed to everybody in the room. And so Doug Dynan kind of took it and, um, you know, he got his hands in the actual, you know, scheduling of it and presented a, a couple different versions of what it might look like. And I think when people saw on paper what it looked like, you know, it was very attractive to everybody. And, you know, like I said before, appealed to every kind of school and, you know, credit to Doug and uh, the guys that helped him, um, you know, having it visible and on paper 
you know, he even had, you know, an eight year rotation of, of what it would look like over the course of eight years. And, you know, it really, really went a long way into people approving of it. And then as coaches, we took it to the athletic directors. And I think when, you know, the coaches talk with their ADs individually and say how much they support it, you know, it was pretty easy to get it passed. Yeah. And I, there's a, gentlemen out there that we all well know that's been clamoring for this for a number of years in the media side of things that he'll remain nameless wanting this non-conference schedule for the last five or six years but uh i'm excited for it i think it's going to bring an opportunity uh to see some new matchups maybe some new rivalries get established uh and uh i think it's going to bring a uh you know, a Friday night experience into Fort Wayne early on uh, were some teams that, you know, they hear about, but maybe they've never got a chance to see in person. So I think it's a good thing. I think it's a positive thing. Hey, just uh, changing gears a little bit here because uh, we're still in the summer aspect of things, but uh, tomorrow night, uh you know, we have the Hall of Fame inductee uh, dinner and ceremony out at Gag Lines uh, tomorrow night. And I know that's something that I believe region three, you region three coaches really uh, put a lot of time and energy and effort into that. Kind of give us a little breakdown on what, uh, you know, tomorrow night's going to be and how that all really celebrates uh, the Fort Wayne area. Well, the Indiana Football Hall of Fame has been around for a long time. And your dad's a member. You yeah. know uh, a lot about this, but, um, you know, basically recognizing anybody that has contributed greatly to football in the state of Indiana, whether it be at the professional level, college level, high school level, um, media people, um, coaches, players, and the like. And it, it used to be housed in a physical residence in Richmond, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And then just recently, has gone uh, to a, a full virtual format, just a cheaper way of operating. Um, and I think, you know, more in tune with the times and the, right. you know, the, 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 you know, people weren't visiting Richmond, Indiana much for the hall of fame. And so financially it was a better decision. And so it, it also, you know, the, the way the process works, each, the state is broken up into regions and our Fort Wayne area is region three, as you mentioned, and then coaches or, football people from the region nominate um, candidates every used to be every uh, every two years and then have an induction. And, and so in our region, it was just because of the circumstances of, of how that went about. Um, we really were heavy on coaching um, people getting into the hall of fame, but lacked, you know, a bunch of players that were deserving. So, yeah, a group of coaches got together. Uh, Paul Sade from Cherubusco kind of led it. Um, but, you know, coaches from the area, myself and Coach uh, Zolman from Homestead, Coach Amstutz from Leo, uh, Coach Dorfler, I'm sorry, Coach Amstutz from East Noble, and Coach Dorfler from Leo, uh, Coach Kolkman from Heritage. So, you know, coaches from all different kind of aspects of the Fort Wayne area got together and um, formed a committee of other people that are outside of coaching. Um, media people, um, you know, that care about and have a have a um, a good memory and, and good experience with football in the Fort Wayne area for a period of time. And so um, this group's going to continue to kind of push nominations 
from our area to the Hall of Fame. And this year, you know, we have a class going in that's unprecedented with nine people, you know, highlighted by Johnny Bright that you see on your screen. And very few people know about Johnny Bright, but what an awesome story he's from Central High School in Fort Wayne. And, um, you know, he's currently in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Um, you know, very interesting story. Uh, ESPN did a 30 for 30 on him. Uh, CBS Sports has a, a, a long documentary about his life and his contributions uh, to football. But he is he is kind of the headliner. And then guys like Vaughn Dunbar, Jason Fabini, Anthony Spencer, Jason Baker, um, Trey Essex. I mean, guys that all had long careers in the NFL. And then two coaches, you know, the Dorfler family. Um, Buzz is, is already in the Hall of Fame, the older brother. Um, and then Dale and Dean, you know, kind of mainstays in, in, in Fort Wayne coaching at Northside and Northrop and Concordia for many, many, many years. And, um, you know, two great representatives of the coaching, um, you know, kind of quality of coaching that's been in the Fort Wayne area for a long time. So nine guys going in, going to be an outstanding class. And all nine are going to be present. You know, Johnny Bright is is deceased, but his daughter is going to be there. That's awesome. Uh, but, you know, yeah. Vaughn Dunbar traveling from Georgia to get there. And, um, you know, guys that, you know, not all live in, in, the, in the state anymore, but they're all going to be back. And it'll be a great celebration of their accomplishments because they're well-deserving of being in the Hall of Fame, but also just a great celebration of football in the Fort Wayne area. And it's something that we're going to try to, um, make an annual kind of timeline of this date. You know, yeah. Second or third week in July, we're going to have an annual banquet where uh, we will be inducting into the Hall of Fame players and coaches and media people that are deserving from this area. It won't always be nine people. Um, they're just, they're just <laughs> and not a list like this either, I'm sure. Right. We, we might not have some of the firepower we have in this one, but um, they'll, you know, typically it'll be a class of three. And uh, but people that are, you know, very deserving of being recognized and being in in the Indiana Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, I uh, let's see. I was 0 for three recruiting Pollard, Fabini <laughs> were top two in those days. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we got some talented uh, players and uh, even coaches. I was Dean's first quarterback at Northrop High School way back mm -hmm. in the day. Up oh, there, look at, there it what is. A picture there. Look at that handsome dude. That was about <laughs> 80 pounds ago. There you go. Um, but um, uh, that's kind of neat to see those two guys get into the Hall of Fame, and uh, they all had their impact on football here in uh, the Fort Wayne area. You know, Dean and his success more so at Concordia, which was right. later where he took, like you said, you know, here's a small school that eventually went through and did a great job and, you know, uh, made a run there at one time. So very, very exciting night tomorrow night uh, out at gig lines. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm bringing uh, my dad out because he wanted to go to it. And uh, so we're going to bring him and uh, hopefully he doesn't have a clock on you, Tipman, because he made me later. <laughs> Those speeches better be pretty quick and short, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, with nine of them, we could be there for a long time. 
And Bernard Pollard speaking. So get you, there you go. <laughs> we just don't get him no. talking about NASCAR or racing. You know? Yeah, that's right. No. But it is great. And I think it's great that, and I know part of it was catching up in some respects just by virtue of COVID and everything else. Uh, you know, things kind of got pushed back a little bit. So to, to have this class all together, I think is, is really a, uh, a testament to 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 really what the committee has been able to do in the Hall of Fame and having these guys all together, I think it really makes a good impression that you know Fort Wayne and and Northeast Indiana really has a strong uh, high school football and you know these guys were great in college and in the NFL and the Canadian Football League for Johnny Bright and just changed the game in our area. So it'll be a nice uh, ceremony tomorrow night. And, uh, it, it's, it's, it's thrilling to hear that, uh, we got that back on track a little bit. Yeah, it'll be exciting. And it's something that, you know, that's a unique, uh, time to have that, those nine people in a, in a, in a room at one time, but uh, great celebration of football in our area. Sure. Hey, Kurt, we appreciate you coming on, man, and talking a little bit about this and, uh, when is your official camp date start when you start getting into the thick of it? We start July 31st, so that Monday. That's and right. That, that'll be – there's no more two-a-days anymore. Right, right. Gone, but, um, you know, that's when we start kind of the – where we're able to – we'll practice every day, and, you know, that'll start into the – you know, your scrimmage at the end of that week, and then, you know, your scrimmage against another team the end of the next week, and then it's game week. Yeah. That third week. So August 18th, we'll be heading down to Indianapolis to play the Warren Central Warriors and – kick off the 2023 season yeah i know it goes faster and faster but thanks again for stopping on here and uh giving us uh, a little update on kind of what have happened for the panthers over the summer good luck for tomorrow night i'll see you out there looking for a great time but thanks again for joining us yeah thanks for having me guys and it'll be great to see you guys out there tomorrow night all right, all right. that's head football coach kurt tipman from snyder high school and uh, i know he's probably got a lot of other things on his plate tonight um but uh getting ready for tomorrow as like we said that's just going to be a great night of football celebration uh from all those guys that had an impact here in the fort wayne area whether it be coaches or players and i know some of them still have an impact because they give back and things mm -hmm. like that but uh you know, dude, I mean, it's I think we talked a little bit about it uh, before, you know, uh, the talent that's come out of the Fort Wayne area is just immensely uh, growing exponentially year after year. Because, you know, those guys are, by, by, you know, beyond their prime right now. Pollard had a good career in the NFL. Fabini had a pretty decent career. But, you know, we got Jesse Bates in the NFL right yeah. now. And he's what he's done has been crazy now with the Atlanta Falcons. You got Ben Skronik with the L.A. Rams. Um, it, it's, it's just really crazy. And Jalen's still – here and there with last yep. year's with the Giants. So it's really interesting uh, what we've had come out of the Fort Wayne area over the last 10, 20 years. Yeah, and it certainly has. And I think, you know, Indiana, I always tell people uh, whether they want to hear it or not, but, you know, Indiana is seen as, as a basketball state, and rightfully so. But I think Fort Wayne, the larger Northeast Indiana, tends to be more of a football city within the basketball state. Now we love our basketball here too. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of those guys that you'll see 
go in the oh, yeah. football hall of fame tomorrow night or outstanding basketball players bernard pollard at Southside, anthony spencer at at lures and, and oh, johnny yeah. bright i think that central team was uh along about that time they they won a state title i don't know if he was necessarily on that team but kind of there were really good teams uh, in in the in the forties and fifties at, at Central High School, uh, which is no longer open either. And so, I think for for us as a community to see these guys, you know, first thing I thought of when I saw, you know, got the advisory that that they were having this little announcement a few weeks back out at the Anthos uh, Career Center was that wait a minute aren't these guys already in the Indiana football hall of fame? <laughs> and, 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 and what had happened kind of was that because of COVID and, and everything else, um, the ceremonies, they didn't have them for a couple of years and they didn't get a lot of people in. And so from Northeast Indiana and region three, they were trying to catch up. And so I, you know, this is a wonderful group uh, when you think about it to, to, to kind of catch up on and Johnny bright, you know, really changed the game of football in our area, not just, you know, I mean, c color barriers and, and um, just, you know, a time of, of integration and segregation battling through that. And then, you know, just through the decades, uh, the Dorfler brothers and Bernard Pollard and just got his number retired a few years back, Anthony Spencer with those state championship teams at Lures, you know, Fabini, uh, making a long career as a six round pick and then Trey Essex winning a couple Super Bowls and, uh -huh. and all of that. And so I think that's, what's great about it too, is that those guys succeed anywhere they go and whatever they do. And we joked about Bernard Pollard, NASCAR, you know, he's, he's gotten in the hopper there. I think he's, he's dabbling with some ownership in, in some of the lesser series and NASCAR. Yeah. So it's really cool to see what has come. And the fact that these guys are going to come back tomorrow night and and celebrate their careers and and we all as fort wayne and the community get to celebrate their careers as well yeah and um you know i think kind of leads into the one other thing that we were talking about why why has fort wayne uh become a, a talented rich area and it's just not the fort wayne area you can just say northeast indiana and i think the the fact that uh, kids nowadays can uh, work at their craft almost year round. You know, you have all the different uh, groups within the town of Fort Wayne that have the ability to train these athletes uh, off and on, you know, Parkview sports medicine has been involved in this uh, as well. And you're seeing kids that are getting into the weight room. They're getting bigger, stronger. They're working on their speed. Uh, and it's, you know, football is a game of reps. And the more times that you have a chance to, whether it's throwing a ball, running a route, uh, working on explosiveness, those things are going to make you a better athlete. Um, and it's going to be those type of things that when you go off to camps and you're in front of uh, college coaches that have the ability to recruit and you come in and do uh, have a great day at their camp, there's a high probability you may walk away with an offer or two. And uh, that's what we've been seeing. And, and, you know, this year's no different as it pertains to what has already been offered as a whole 
in the Fort Wayne area. Um, and I've done some of this with the coaches corner, breaking some of these kids down, uh, what makes them a talented uh, prospect. You know, the, the Mylon Grams and the Brayshawn Johnson's, those guys are easy to pick out. You know, they're just super talented no matter what, you know, uh, on and off the field. But you have different other guys that have come to the forefront. You got, you know, Stratton Fuller. These are young kids now. These guys are coming off sophomore year. It's going to be junior. So they've actually got two more years left. You know, Jimmy Sullivan, uh, you know, uh, Steely uh, at Carroll and what he brings to the table. Um you can, you know, the Caden Hurst, uh, you know, I can go right down the line about all these kids that have come to the forefront, Brock uh, Scott out at Leo as well, um, that came out of nowhere. And now he's got like three or four power five offers. Um, it's a tribute to the coaching that the kids are getting in the, in the area, as well as the support they're getting outside of the field. So uh, I think that lends itself to being a win-win for kids in the Fort Wayne area and the area uh, to get opportunities uh, to get better and get themselves in the weight room and put the time in and, and, and get themselves in a position that, you know, ultimately may all end up in a, a full ride type of scholarship type of deal. Absolutely. And the exposure aspect of it too, the ability Nowadays, with social media, I mean, everything is at everybody's fingertips where they can pull up highlights of, of any any kid, um, you know, because Absolutely. back a couple of years, because it's it's just from Huddle and, and all these other different programs that are out, Max Preps and all of that. I mean, it's just, it's so it's so easy to, in that regard, to, to, to get film on a kid you know, very early on in the game. And and that's what it is too, is, is it's, it's such an early process too. Um, mm -hmm. And it's cool. Well, we were, because we were talking about the sophomores already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you, normally yeah. it was the juniors. <laughs> right. And realistically, yeah. yes, you're going to have somebody like Tay Johnson who commits to Notre Dame, but when those big time coaches come in and see him practice and see him play. Oh, and by the way, Oh, well, there's Jordan King over there. Now Jordan King's going to Purdue commit. Jamari you know, Pearson. Have other guys from other schools that, uh, you know, because coaches are showing up at games, basketball as well, you know, it, it kind of opens the opportunities and gets eyeballs on on people that that may, may not have been seen before. And, and I think that's part of what's made Fort Wayne so successful too is the ability. I mean, you look at that Hall of Fame class, a lot of those guys are in that same age group uh, of the, of the early two thousands and late nineties right. where it kind of makes sense that man, you know, okay, well, Bernard went to Purdue and Anthony went to Purdue and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jason Baker had a shot at Iowa and, you know, Fabini got through Cincinnati and made it to the league. And so I think that's cool. Part of it too, is because then you get the track record started and people know this is a place that love that has really good talent coming out of, not just Fort Wayne proper, but the Columbia cities and the Kendallvilles and Huntington's and, and those type of towns as well. Yeah. One more thing before we kind of move on here, but with, with that, you talked about these schools that are recruiting and they see other kids. You look at uh, Jamar Pearson at Northside, you know, his offers have come probably off the fact that a coach saw him and he told him another person at a Mac level school and, you know, out of nowhere, he gets an offer. Caden Hurst, same thing, you know, talented receiver. Well, 
Brock Scott brings brings attention to Leo, and next thing you know, they're looking, who's this kid? You know, that's running up and down the field that's 6'1", 180 pounds. Um, those things happen. And I always tell I always told I always would tell kids this, look, eyes are always on you even though you may not think you're getting the attention that somebody else next to you is, is just remember um, you're, there's always eyes on you uh, recruits. It could be other people uh, that are associated in the recruiting aspect. Um, you know, the guys from two, four, seven sports or whatever. And then of course, you know, you've got film that kids are sending out through social media platforms and such. So um but anyway, I think, you know, we've established that Fort Wayne is a targeted area for the power fives and also a targeted area for the mid-majors as well. And I think we'll continue to see that go. But before we head out of here tonight, but let's talk a little bit about what you guys are putting on with Parkview Sports Medicine here uh, at the end of the week uh, with Media Day. Yeah, next Friday, this coming Friday, July 21st, is the Northeast Indiana High School Football Media Day. Uh, it'll be at Empowered Sports Club um, on Lima Road. And uh, just an opportunity, you know, the media comes out, and it's just a great uh, day to, to meet with players and coaches uh, from uh, throughout the area to, to kind of, you know, just like we had Coach Tipman on tonight from Snyder, just kind of get the lay of the land and what the guys have been doing this summer to talk to some of the guys like, you know, Jordan King and and Ethan Dodson, a, a, an Air Force commit from, on the Snyder offensive line, and, you know, Brock Shot, the offers that he's gotten over the summer, and, and Jimmy Sullivan and, and those kind of guys just to – to, to, to talk a little shop with them in the football realm and just see how they're doing and coming along as teams. And uh, it's, it's been great because we get to get together, uh, you know, every couple of years we host it uh, at, at Empowered and our facilities and, and get the media there. And I, of course I used to do it when we worked on, I worked on the television side of things with, with 21 alive. And so it's a, it's a cool day. And I know, you know, we'll be out there as well getting stuff for, for us, and I'll be doing it for my day job at PSM as well. But uh, just a really cool opportunity to, to, to talk to the kids because there again, like you fast forward, you, you look back at a year ago and some of the kids you talked to, you know, the Caden Hurst of the world, the Brock Shots of the world, uh, the Jamari Pearsons of the world, and you fast forward a year and you're like, man, what a year it's been for them. And what has mm -hmm. that been like for them since the last year that we talked to them at Media Day? So, Really looking forward to it, and uh, and I know uh, you know Glenn Marini at News Channel uh, Wayne TV is kind of the one that organizes it anymore yeah. amongst the media folks. So I appreciate him um, being able to to kind of ringlead on that, and and we've had a good uh, good summer, and we're looking forward to it. But yeah, this Friday, not open to the public type of thing, but one of those right. things where the media all comes together and and gets our sound bites and and talks to the kids, and of course all that media that stuff will be shared. Uh, in the coming days and weeks uh, as we get closer to the week one of high school yeah. football season, which I think is, let me pull that up, August 18th. Uh, yep. So it's less well, than the one of the way. And uh, I know we're we're back at it with, with our friends over at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 radio station. And uh, it just moves well, so quick, Coach. Well, the one thing I was going to say, here is last year where I got really uh, uh, 
high on the Carroll Chargers was when they walked into media day and I saw how big they were. And I was like, mm-hmm. my gosh, these guys look at like a small time college team walking into the room. And you just knew they were an impressive bunch of kids. But yeah, we're all going to be out there. Uh, again, I'll be working with uh, Brett Romp in, in 1380, the fan 100.9 FM. Sports Rush will be doing their normal duties out there. They'll take kind of care of the some of the athletic coaches. I'll take care of some of the area coaches so we get a good uh, – spread of everybody on on, yeah. on media day but also for us here at upon further review we're going to still in, in, integrate some of those things into our our platform to uh get ourselves prepared for our season preview which will be to determined i guess you could say yeah uh we'll have our regular preseason preview of the summit athletic conference and some of the area schools coming up at a, at a date two to be determined. Uh, we'll just stay tuned to Twitter and stuff like yeah. that. And uh, we'll let you know about that. But uh, just a reminder again, if you can help us out by liking and subscribing and retweeting and all those things that goes mm-hmm. uh, a great deal. I'm going to have a couple more coaches corners where I break down some of the f- athletes as, uh, that have gotten recruited uh, coming out of the out of the summer months and spring. But again, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Upon further review, SAC is a good way to search for us as well as podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, just to name a, t- a few. And we are working again with uh, Mike Ragsdale out at 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM, to bring our show back to 1380 this fall all depended upon kind of where the 10 caps start and end, mm-hmm. and that all is to be determined so we're still looking forward to that and locking that up but eric i guess i'll see you out there tomorrow night at the hall of fame and we'll kind of chart a course for our preseason preview here in a couple weeks yeah absolutely looking forward to it another great season and looking forward to doing this with you guys you and uh yeah we'll uh See you this week. A busy week for high school football. Hall of Fame on Monday night. Congratulations to the class of 2023. And then High School Media Day on Friday. Look for all of our coverage uh, on the PSM channels, but also here on the Upon Further Review channels as well. So for Shannon Griffith, I'm Eric Dudkevich, better known as Dude. We'll see you later this summer with more Upon Further Review.